0: Things. Maybe you have, I don't know, worked in childcare and you're like, if God is childlike, I want no part of this. <laughs> right? So, as a parent, I can say that kids are actually pretty awesome. I think they're one of the coolest things in the universe, right? So, uh, my kids, like my boys especially, they have this fun game. If dad is like laying on his bed, right, that means it's straight up WrestleMania. Right, I can count on a knee flying into my spinal cord at some point, and I, like I'm gonna be like disabled at some point because of my children. They'll just like mug me straight up, right? And I'll stand up, I'll pick them up, and I'll be like, I'll be like throwing them, scary throwing them across the room onto the bed, right? My wife is like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my, and then she'll just leave, right? Because she can't see it, but I'm like tossing them, like you know, like just. Ha! And they love it, right? Like they're like skipping along the ceiling before they hit the bed, you know? And and they love it. They're just like, again, again, right? Or Harold and George, their favorite game, those are my two youngest boys. Their favorite game is if I get out of my bed, right? If or or anytime they're in my room, they will jump into my bed and lay on my side and be like, I got daddy's spot. Or they'll like hide under the blankets. You can see this massive like child-shaped lump that's like fidgeting and giggling like hee 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 hee. Like, My kid, if you were trying to be like a sniper or something, you would have been shot already. <laughs> you are the worst at hide and go seek. I'm telling you, as a father, I love you. Get better. Anyway, but no, they're just like I took daddy's spot. They love it, right? But then on the flip side, kids can be super annoying sometimes. Right? Like, um, at my house, we didn't have enough room for me to get a proper office, okay, where I can, like, work. Uh, So what we have is a large pantry that the previous owners of the house used for, like, canning fruit and stuff. But since I'm not 700 years old, I don't (laughs) can fruit, right? And so that became part office, part pantry, right? And it never fails. If I go into my cloth office is what we call it, the closet office. If I go into the cloth office, right? And I close the door, right? Something triggers in my children. I'll be reading the Bible. I'll be listening to music. You know, I'm, I'm doing some studying, some work or whatever. And like, I close the door and something snaps and all my kids are like, I want goldfish. I want goldfish right now. I need them in my face now, you know? And they're like bang on the door and they're just like, dad, where's the goldfish, you know? Or they'll use my chair to try and get, like, the access to the office candy, the candy that's, like, in the top shelf, you know, like, in the office, you know. So I'm sitting in the, in the chair, and Henry, the redhead, is, like, jerking, like, Dad, get up. I'm like, I'm clearly typing, son. Like, I am doing something, you inconsiderate, horrible beast, right? <laughs> it's kids, right? So they can be super annoying, and, and it's not just me that thinks this, obviously, because you're laughing, Right? <laughs> Like, you know, sometimes you feel that tension. You're like, kids, yeah, kids are terrible. But then you're like, no, they should be treasured, you know. Um, But if kids should be treasured 100% of the time, then why is it when I ask people if they want to watch my children for an hour so my wife and I can actually have some peace and quiet, someone says, pay me. You know what I mean? You don't love kids that much. You want money. I remember another one of my friends, uh, he was attending a Baptist church in the, another town that I used to live in, and he was telling about this preacher, preaching a sermon about children, and the preacher, his children are in the audience, right? They're listening to this guy preach, and he utters the words, kids are a constant drain. How would you feel if you heard your dad say that, right? Like my buddy was like a row over and like back, and he was just kind of like, You're a constant drain, huh? You know, like, how horrible? Anyway, um, and then also, like, children are kind of looked down on. You know, we make fun of them, but do you remember when you were in that awkward age where you're bridging kids to teenage, right? That horrible time in your life that they call junior high or middle school, right? It was like, you don't believe in God, but you definitely believe in the devil because you live through that, right? You know what I'm saying? I remember when I was in like sixth grade, the worst insult you got called was immature. You remember that? Nobody else, huh? Okay. I got called. That was like the big one. It was like, you're so immature. It's like, dang, devastating, right? (laughs) I'll go swing on the jungle gym now. (laughs) Guess I'll go dig a hole in the gravel because I'm immature, right? Right? And so we we can look down on, we can once, at once, like see kids think that they're awesome, right? They're fun. There's there's cool things about them. But then on the flip side of that, we can totally be like, don't be like a kid though, right? Calm down, you're acting like a child. Have you ever said that to one of your friends? Right? (laughs) Somebody agreed too loudly in the back. (laughs) But Jesus stands contrary to this. Jesus, like, he, he values kids, and he doesn't show any negative value. He doesn't devalue them. It's only good things about kids, right? In other places, in Mark chapter 9, he says, If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble, it would be, it would be better for them if a large millstone was hung around their neck, and they were thrown into the sea. Wow! This is gentle Jesus, meek and mild. And he went on blast. <laughs> right? So he's serious about kids. There's something valuable about kids. And then the next chapter of Mark, in chapter 10, he says people, it says people were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. But the disciples rebuked them. They're like, get the kids out of here. And when Jesus saw this, he was indignant. Indignant. You don't even know what that word means. That's how powerful of a word it is. He said to them, let the little children come to me. And do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. He valued children. But then we can even crank it up a level, because not only did he value children, but he values being childlike. Like we just read in Matthew 18, in verse 3, he said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. So that means like when I don't get my way, I throw a fit? Like what are we talking about here, right? So to help us understand what Jesus means here, because I don't think he means act like a two-year-old and throw a temper tantrum, right? We call that a Karen, right? <laughs> I think he's talking about the attributes of children. So I wanted to run through the attributes of a kid real quick, okay? The first one that I thought of when I was like, what are kids like? The first thing I thought of was trusting, Right? They are so gullible. They will just believe anything. They just, like, accept information and instruction from parents or teachers or adults in general. Right? You can tell them almost anything. Have you ever done that for fun? Like, just told, you know, like, I know as a dad, I've just been like, yeah, I strangled a bear. (laughs) My kids believe it for at least 30 minutes. Right? They're trusting. They trust authority figures. Right? It's just there. You don't have to teach them to do it. They just do. They're accepting. Kids are accepting. They, like, take you for who you are. You know? This is, one for me, one of the most beautiful things about kids. Like, the thing that I thought of was when we lived in the Czech Republic as missionaries, we stopped, we were on the road, and we stopped at this McDonald's, right? Because there's McDonald's in the Czech Republic, and sometimes, like, you just need a hamburger even if it's McDonald's, right? And uh, we stopped and we were letting the kids play on the little play area. And my daughter made friends with like these three Czech girls. They didn't speak a word of English and she didn't speak a word of Czech, but they played together for like an hour, right? It's like kids, like they don't even see the differences, you know? There could be a kid like missing a hand or whatever and they're just like, hey, wanna play tag? You know, they, they just don't care, you know? Kids are honest. Amen. Yeah, that was actually the example I was going to go with. One time my son was like, one time my son was like, Dad, your belly sticks out. I'm like, well, you're short, you know? Thanks, kid. I guess I'll skip dinner and go for a jog. Kids are honest. They tell you exactly what they think there's no filter they tell you the truth right if it's in the head it's coming out the mouth buckle up the next thing i thought of is that kids are dependent they're dependent they know that they cannot meet all of their needs and therefore they make them known they're dependent right so if you're at our house george will try to scam you into getting him more chips it's just gonna happen right? He'll approach you with a small packet. It's chips. He wants you to open it. Don't do it. He's already had enough, okay? Right? George's, like, kids will just, they know that they can't do some things, and they need help doing it, so they'll find that help, which is pretty legit, if you ask me. Another way that we might say this is that they're humble. They know where they stand in the world. They're humble, Right. One of my other favorite things about kids, and I'm going to use a $5 word because I think it fits better, exuberant. Exuberant, right? Not only are they joyful, but they're quick to enjoy. They're seeking to enjoy, right? Things don't even have to be new. They just be new to them, you know? It's like, hey, I found these rain boots on the side of the road and hosed them off. They look decent. You want them? And like my kids are like, yes, I do, Right? And they're like stomping around inside in them for the next three hours, right? Or how many times, how many times can a kid watch a movie before they get tired of it? The answer is never, like they never get tired of it, right? Do you know how many times I've seen Frozen? That's, that's the pain I cannot let go, right? They exuber- They find joy in everything, everywhere. It's incredible to me. It's incredible to me. And then lastly, and I think most importantly, is that kids are innocent. Not naive, but innocent. There's like an absence of cynicism. You know what I mean? They're full of wonder. In fact, kids are like so full of hope and wonder that they actually believe fairy tales are true. Right? So, like, they, they watch things or read stories or maybe parents read stories to them and they believe, like, that beauty, a beautiful woman can somehow actually love a beast, right? They believe that a sleeping girl can be awakened to life by a prince and then carried off to a kingdom far, far away, right? They believe that, like, a humble, like, stepdaughter servant girl can be, like, the bell of the ball and, and then have a happily ever, happily ever after. They believe this stuff is true. And, and they believe it because largely they have not been broken and beaten down by the world yet. Their hearts are still soft and resilient. And that's really cool. But but us grown-ups, we're, we're not like this at all. Maybe we retain a few traits, but rarely do we see a grown-up that is completely and totally all of those traits, right? Because what happens We grow up and we start interacting with the world. And the world is broken and hurting. And broken people break other people. And hurt people hurt other people. So what happens? Our hearts, they get tired. They get hard. We become cynical and cold. Then we start looking down on all the attributes of children as naive or foolish or somehow weakness. And then we put away the fairy tales that captivated us when we were young. And we say, there's no way that Bell would ever love a hideous beast, right? That's called Stockholm Syndrome. And the world pounds into you over and over. It's unrealistic. It's not going to happen. Or we think about the story of Sleeping Beauty right? And, and as we get older and we live this life, we realize that sometimes people fall asleep and they never wake up. And there's never a prince that comes along to carry them away and wake them back up. But we think about the story of Cinderella, and it's a fairy tale, right? Because humble and downtrodden and beaten down people, they, they usually stay down. And if there is a happily ever after, it's only for some idiots that stumble into it by sheer luck, right? And this is our worldview. Do you feel that right now? The energy in this room got sucked out. But this is how we think, isn't it? No wonder we feel exhausted and tired all the time. Because we think that it's all naive fantasy. Fantasy. But when we look at the character of God, we see in God's character something more like children. Our Father in heaven is trusting. If you've been with us enough, you know that we believe he trusts us to reach his other children in this world. In fact, that's what next week's going to be all about. Our Father in heaven is accepting. He takes you exactly how you are exactly how you are you don't have to change anything you just come to him he's honest he'll accept you how you are but he'll tell you what he thinks is wrong and that's okay too he's dependent did you know that god is dependent that may jostle some of your theologies i'm sorry But he chooses to make his work in the world dependent on your obedience. You ever think about that? Hurting people hurt people because God said forgive and they refuse to forgive. So for his world to work, it's dependent on us. He depends on us to make the world work as it should. That's crazy to me. Some might say it's naive like a child. Our Father in heaven is exuberant. He is quick to enjoy and celebrate every victory in your life for his kingdom, big or small. Isn't that cool? Every minor victory. He may be more happy with one of you that's struggling with anger and somehow restrains yourself from being angry than he is happy with someone that doesn't have a problem with anger. That time that person cut you off in traffic and you didn't flip him the bird? He's like, man, that was the best moment of my day. It's true. Nothing is mundane to him. Everything is full of beauty and wonder. God is innocent, He is absent of cynicism, and He's full of wonder and hope about you. About you. You're not even full of wonder and hope about yourself. He looks at you and he just freaks out. Whoa! You're amazing! And if you walk with me, you're going to be more amazing. And he can't wait to spend eternity with you. I barely want to spend eternity with me. I think um, one of our favorite authors around here, his name is G.K. Chesterton. I think he said it best. Y'all, this is a little bit lengthy of a quote. It'll be up on the screen, and y'all, y'all stick with this. This is really beautiful. Because children have abounding vitality, because they are in spirit fierce and free, therefore they want things repeated and unchanged. They always say, Do it again, and the grown up person does it again until he is nearly dead. For grown-up people are not strong enough to exult in monotony. But perhaps God is strong enough to exult in monotony. It is possible that God says every morning, do it again to the sun. And every evening, do it again to the moon. It may not be automatic necessity that makes all daisies alike. It may be that God makes every daisy separately, but has never got tired of making them. It may be that he has the eternal appetite Of infancy. For we have sinned and grown old, and our Father is younger than we. For we have sinned and grown old, and our Father is younger than we. God is childlike. He never grows tired of healing the sick, He never grows tired of restoring relationships, He never grows tired of giving or serving others. He never grows hard and cold. Even on the cross, think about this, even on the cross, his heart was still soft with concern for the people around him. He looks down from the cross and he sees his mother. And he looks to one of his disciples, John, and he says, John, this is your new mother. Care for her. In his dying moments, his thoughts were about others. He was even praying for those that were harming him, crucifying him. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Our hearts are hard and cynical and cold. But even on the cross, his were not. Truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. You cannot be converted without reverting back to childhood. You cannot be truly converted without reverting to childlikeness. See, what happens is we surrender our lives to Jesus. His abounding vitality floods into our hearts and like a child, we're a new life. That's why he says, be born again. What do you think follows birth, childhood? See, the hard scales and all the calluses from the hurts fall away if we let them and our hearts will become soft again. And then we can be like a child. And we can be trusting. We can trust our Father in heaven. We can go back to when we were little kids and just trust. Do you remember how freeing that was? We can find the strength to be accepting. And when we meet somebody that's not like us, doesn't think like us, doesn't act like us, we can celebrate that. And we can find the beauty of God within their personality. We can can be honest. Like a child. We can be honest with our speech and call others to walk with Jesus. We can once again feel the freedom to be dependent on Jesus and the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I'm sure some of you Have felt this recently. I can't do this. Have you felt that? You don't have to raise your hand. It's okay. But you've felt it. I can't make it. I can't do this on my own. Newsflash, folks, you weren't supposed to. Because you're supposed to be childlike. And you have a Father in heaven who is going to help you. My favorite we can be exuberant again. We have real reason to be grateful. We have real reason to be joyful and we can celebrate everything that God has blessed us with. Every morning he says to the son, do it again and we have cause for joy. And then one of the greatest things is that Jesus makes us innocent again. And we can be full of wonder and hope for what Jesus can do in us, through us, and in our world. And you know if you roll all of these together, all these attributes together, you know what you get? You get a person of faith. I didn't describe a child. I described a follower of Jesus. And that's what's amazing. Is that unless we revert to childhood, we are never truly converted. Because these are the attributes that we as Christians should be seeking. To be trusting, accepting, honest, dependent upon Jesus, quick to celebrate, and innocent. So let that cynicism die. and Let hope and wonder flood into your heart one more time. Because when this happens, the light of Jesus will expose the lies that the world has taught you. Because here's the reality. Beauty did love the beast. Beauty really did love the beast. Because Jesus loved you when you were unlovable. When your heart was beastly. The beautiful Savior loved that horrific beast that you were. And his love changed you into something beautiful. Just like that fairy tale said it would. Sleeping beauty was awakened by her Prince Charming. You were once dead and dying, and Jesus came, your prince came and brought you back to life. And his love softens what looks like death into just a sleep, and his touch awakens you into true and real life. And then he takes you off to his kingdom in a land far, far away, and you live happily ever after. It's real. Don't believe the world. And we see that Cinderella is true too. That the humble really do get uplifted. That the beauty of a servant's heart really does capture the attention and the affection of a king. And then the proud are pushed down. And opposed. It's true. And so now we see with a child heart that all the myths and the fairy tales of our childhood have become fact in the person of Jesus. But it doesn't stop there. Because you know what else a kid does? He talks about what he loves. And so we, like children, can go into the world armed with the lessons that our fairy tales have taught us, with hearts full of wonder and hope. Because here's the lesson of beauty and the beast. Something is not lovable until it is first loved. John, 1 John 4.19, We love because he first loved us. Sleeping Beauty says... The lesson there is no one is too far lost that love cannot bring them back. In Ephesians, Paul writes, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. Cinderella, humility in a servant's heart is what truly is beautiful. And Jesus said to his disciples, the greatest among you will be your servant. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exhausted, exalted. The band can come back up. This is the beauty of childlikeness. This is the amazing thing about the kingdom is that you can once again become as strong as a child and exult in the monotony of a day. Your heart doesn't have to be hard and cold. I believe that... I believe that some of us in here are really cynical. Your heart has been kicked around, beaten, and broken. And what has happened is you've heard this. You've heard this, and and you know it's true. Because there's that little five year old you that's saying, I knew it, I knew it. But you're afraid, you're scared to try again. You're scared to believe that the myth became fact. You're scared to believe that the fairy tales are true. And I want to tell you that when you have the childlike heart of God, your heart is bigger than any pain. Jesus swallowed up death in life. You understand that? You can swallow up hurt in forgiveness. You can swallow up cynicism and joy. You can really be a light and a beacon in the world around you. You can make a difference by being a child of God.